This episode of Writing Excuses has been brought to you by Audible. Visit audiblepodcast.com slash excuse for free trial membership. This is Writing Excuses, Season 3, Episode 32, Collaboration. Fifteen minutes long because you're in a hurry. And we are not that smart. I'm Brandon. I'm Dan. I'm Howard. All right, collaboration. Uh, We wanted to do a podcast on this for a couple of reasons. One reason being that Dan and I are going to collaborate on a book next year. We're finally going to do it. We've We've been talking about about this forever. Yes, but we are going to collaborate on a book. And so we finally found one that people other than us would want to read. Yeah, you know. Someday we'll explain to you all of our loony ideas about books that no one enjoys. Um, But we also are planning a collaboration between the three of us. Um, Indeed. Yes. Mm-hmm. So I get to draw the pictures we can't because tell you about they won't let me write a darn thing. <laughs> <laughs> you can write words on the pictures, like splorch and stuff like that. Um, but anyway. Little labels. The, the other reason we're doing this podcast is that I would suspect that with maybe one or two... Um, uh, uh, contradictions. This is the most requested topic we yeah. get. Yep. Yep. And it's not one we have felt real confident in in talking about yet. And so we've decided to just bite the bullet and dive in and kind of do a before and after. Yep. Here's so, what we think yeah. now. Mm-hmm. And then next year you'll get. Here's what we think after we've actually done and it. And you know, in fairness, I have started collaborating just in the last three months. Yeah. That uh, is true. Uh, hiring a colorist, and it's it's been a it, it's made a huge change in in. Yep my work um and i did collaborate this year that's true on a book um so and that was my first experience doing so so we'll talk about what it was like to do that so let's uh let's pin down collaboration i've heard bandied about lots of different ways to collaborate um we're going to talk about mostly primarily writing novels and i've heard the concept one concept being someone comes up with an outline hands it to someone else who then writes the story. This is kind of the James Patterson method of collaborating, where a f- more famous author has an idea they can't write, they find an author who is very skilled but is maybe needing a help with their career or something like this, and finishes a, you know, fleshes out their concept, gives it to them, they write it. You'll see yeah. it a lot in science fiction fantasy. Hmm. Um, Another way of collaborating I've heard of is the alternating chapters collaboration, where certain character, certain each writer takes a couple of viewpoint characters and writes different viewpoints from that, those characters mm-hmm. and then puts them together. Um, there are collaborations which are I, I think this is probably the most common I've seen, where a couple of writers get together, they brainstorm a bunch of concepts, they all write down their concepts, they go back and forth and build sort of a world biteable, and then one of them actually writes the thing. And the other one edits the thing and does the, does the drafting and then sends it back and that back and forth. Yeah. Um, I don't know for 100% certain, certain, but I think this is how Margaret Weiss and Tracy Hickman did it um, during most of, um, of their collaborations. I've heard people third hand tell me that, which is why I can't say it yeah. sure, because I've heard it straight from either Margaret or Tracy's mouth. Um, have you guys heard of any other types of collaborations? How are your collaborations? Let's talk about what you're doing. Uh, the, we see it all the time, all the time in the comics industry where you have a penciler and an inker and a colorist. Right. You, you have a writer, you have a letterer, you have five or six people uh, who are getting together to all tell the same story. And there is information passed along at each stage. And it's an interesting sort of collaboration because typically uh, when the writer's done, the writer's done. And right. the penciler sits down, draws the pictures, and 
and the inker just traces because we've all seen Chasing Amy, and <laughs> and then and then the colorist adds a layer of information, and then it comes down to the letterer whose job it is to actually put in the text that the writer wrote as text. Right. And sometimes by that you know by that point, somebody's decided ah, the text needs to change a little bit in order to fit this. Sometimes it gets passed passed back to the writer, but sometimes it doesn't, and it's it's very very linear. And so at each stage, you know, the writer is giving stage direction to the penciler. The penciler is giving indications to the inker and to the colorist for what's going to happen next. Mm -hmm. And, of course, the writer is informing everything the letterer is going to do. Yeah. It's very, very linear. Well, and as we learned with uh, when, when Jake was on the podcast, there's a lot of give and take in that process. You know, no, no one of those people is dictating what everybody else has to do. They right. say, here's what I think should happen. This is your area of expertise. How do you think we should best convey this right. visually or verbally and with or whatever? My relationship with Travis is interesting in that, uh, you know, I have hired him to color my work. And so I currently I don't get a whole lot of feedback back from him saying, well, I really think this character isn't properly motivated um, because that's not that's just not the way our relationship is right now. Uh, it might change over time. What I have found happen, happening, and this is fascinating to me, is that uh, when I was doing both the uh, penciling and inking and the coloring, uh, when I need to communicate light and shadow or volume, I wouldn't do it with the line art because right. eh, I just have that information in my head. I'll just, I'll just do, put the shadows in when I color. Mm -hmm. Now that I'm handing it to Travis to color, the lines have to communicate where the light and the shadow is if it's uh, you know at all important to the story. And so my line art has changed. And so as a result of the collaboration, I think the artwork's gotten a lot better. Now, um, you know, I want to I want to speak to something here. I want to take a little diversion. Now that we've defined, let's, let's start divert. talking to our writer, our, our listeners, and say, how are you going to use this? And the first thing I want to be begin by saying is, most of you, this is going to be a bad idea. Yeah. All right? All right. <laughs> yep. This is yeah. the first thing I want to say to you, because so many new writers want to collaborate. And I've, I've interviewed a lot of writers, and it's always been curious to me that this comes up so often. Well, tell us how to collaborate. Help us collaborate. And I've found, now this may not be you, listener who is listening right now, who wants to collaborate, but... But it's take probably some of the yeah. other listeners. But take a moment and see if it isn't you. A lot of people who want to collaborate want to collaborate because they know they're weak at a certain type of part of the mm -hmm. writing process, and they don't want to have to learn to do it. Yes. So they want someone else to do it. I get a lot of emails. You'd be surprised at how many emails I get from people saying, I have this really great idea, and I would sell it to you so that you can write it for a certain amount. Or, I've got this really great idea. Why don't we do it together? You mm -hmm. write it, and I'll... I'll I'll give you the idea. Yeah. These are people who don't want to learn to write, who want to take the shortcut. Boy, I sure would love to find a collaboration partner who's willing to take over the story when I get to all the hard parts. Yes. And then I, I think <laughs> a lot of new writers, maybe not that obvious. You're, I know you listeners are not emailing me and trying to do this, but maybe you're trying to find somebody to work with so that you can shore up your weak points. My mm -hmm. advice as a, a writing teacher to you is learn how to do it yourself. Absolutely. You need to be yeah. able to do it yourself. When you see published authors, and I'm going to use a, a, yeah. a couple of examples here. Uh, uh, Larry Niven and Jerry Purnell, yeah. uh, both fantastic writers um, in their own right and, and very d different sorts of writers. Uh, established careers, when the two of them collaborated, 
uh, yes, they shored up each other's weaknesses, but none of those weaknesses were so yeah. foul yeah, as to weaknesses. prevent them yeah. from being published to begin with. What, what you're doing with these types of collaborators is they're getting together because the mix of ideas between them creates something that neither of them could create, have created on their they own. They admire yes. each other's yeah. work, and, they, and they, they want to team up and see if they can create something even better. Um, most people I've talked to who collaborate have told me that working on a book with someone else is not half the work. It's double the work. It yeah. is harder to collaborate. Kevin J. Anderson said this frankly to me when he was working with um, Dean Koontz. He said, this took twice as much work to collaborate on this book because of the back and forth and how much, you know, the, the strange thing about writing is out there, I think it is the most personal and solitary of the arts the art forms, yeah. the entertainment mediums that we have. When you're listening to music done by a band, there's always a bunch of people contributing. A lot of novels, you really are getting one person's vision with very minimal input, even with editorial and things like this, changing that story. You are mm -hmm. getting one person's vision. When you take two people who are used to doing that on their own and put them together, it can be a lot of work to write something. That said, I do think you can come up with great ideas. And you may be wanting to collaborate because you have a friend of yours that when you talk together, your ideas become something better and you bounce them back and forth and that's great. Um, I may suggest that you collaborate on concepts and then write your own books. Do a Steven Erickson type collaboration where they came up with, he and a friend came up with the world together and then they each wrote books in the world. That may be a way to approach it. Um, or give it a try. But if you give it a try, try some of the different tools that we'll talk about in the next part of the podcast. Yeah. Um, but let's you know, go ahead and do an advertisement. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place by working more efficiently, by using more sustainable practices, by developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, Visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? Hero Bread serves up 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 5 to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. Hero also drops other limited edition ultra-low net carb goodies like rich flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to Hero.co to shop today. We mentioned uh, Larry Niven and Jerry Purnell. Yes. Uh, audiblepodcast.com slash excuse. Uh, do yourself an enormous favor and listen to Niven and Purnell's Inferno. Yeah. You may not... This isn't as, quite as famous as their, their big collaborative yeah. work. Mode in God's, God's Eye, Eye is huge yeah. and, uh, you know, wins all kinds of awards and, uh, you know, earns out royalties mm -hmm, for yeah. them every year. Inferno is... It's not really a retelling of Dante's Inferno. I love this book. It's this, a... Yeah. It's... It's a science fiction writer who dies like from falling out of a, a it's window. It's a sequel to Dante's Inferno. <laughs> a science fiction writer dies falling out a window because he's drunk at a party and gets trapped in Dante's Inferno and has to travel through it. And, but, and finds out that the rules of Dante's Inferno are the rules that, yeah. his, that his new yeah, universe adheres yeah. to. Yeah, mm -hmm. it's, it, it's, it's great awesome. fun and it's a good In read. In fact, we should do a podcast on adapting literary works. 
um, Pride and Prejudice and Zombies, Inferno, these sorts of things. We'll, we'll do one of those. I'm going to can of worms that. Good can of worms. Awesome. Well, let's, let's go back to All right. collaborating tools. All right. I just recently finished collaborating with um, Robert Jordan. Which you may think, oh, that doesn't sound like a collaboration, but that's actually what Tor called it. It's what the contract said, a collaboration. And in this case, it was a different sort of collaboration. But I can kind of speak to what it was like to work on this book that was not my, not my own, at least not wholly my own. Um, it was Robert Jordan's that was, that was handed off to me. And I found that it was, as has been said, more work than writing one of my own books, even though large chunks of the book were delivered to me done, and the entire world had been world-built, and all these things. And yet, at the same time, it was twice as much work. Writing The Gathering Storm took me twice as long, 18 months, no, 16 months, about twice as long as it takes me to write one of my own books. Part, part of that is because it's a little bit longer, but remember, he gave me written sections already done. Why was it so much longer? Well, there's so much more to keep track of. Instead of, when I, when I, would get, to, when I get to a point in my own books and I say, oh, I don't know, um, you know who would be here, I can just make up somebody and place them in there to fill the role. Yeah, and with yet, the Robert and, Jordan yeah. books, you had to make sure that there isn't already an right. answer to that question. Right, exactly. Um, keeping consistency is very, very challenging in a collaborative work. And this will be a problem even if you're working with a friend on a book. You are going to have to be very, very careful not to contradict each other. And it's not something I think that most writers would instinctively oh, say, oh, this is going to be one of the problems. It's super difficult for yeah. you collaborating with Robert Jordan because you can't go back to him and ask the question. Right. I can't. Yeah. Um, so. Well, and even in a wholly original work that you and your friend have come up with, you're going to be surprised at how many little details there are. Yeah. You know, does this main character know how to drive a car? Yeah. When did they learn how to drive a car? At some point, some weird little thing like that you're going to say and something they have written has we'll contradict contradicted it. it. And what are you going to do when you disagree? This is going to be very important because you will get very passionate about this story. And you will have to have some method of deciding who gets the final say. Whether it's if, neither, if you can't agree, you toss that concept out and it doesn't get used at all. Or, you know, but what, what about one of your main characters? What about when you disagree on a fundamental principle of one of the main characters? That was unmotivated. No, that's perfectly motivated. Exactly. No, that was unmotivated. Well, um, this is wins? why when people do come to me and say, I want to collaborate, I suggest the alternating characters collaboration, because I think this will generally be the easiest for new writers, um, either that or the brainstorm a world together and a plot together. One of you write it and the other do a, a heavy revision. And we've talked mm -hmm. about in writing excuses before that learning to revise is a very important skill and it's should be on a lot of books as much work as writing the book in the first place. So you can divide the, the writing pretty equally between you by having one do a lot of the drafting and one of you do the revisions. Okay, here is a funny piece of irony that I'm actually going to tie in and, and, and talk about tools. Uh, for 11 years, I worked for Novell making and supporting collaboration software. Right. And none of it applies. To this, except maybe, you know, sending email mm -hmm. back and forth, which mm -hmm. is a great way to do things. Um, but as I was thinking about that, I was just churning on right. the word collaboration. Two tools that I think might be a lot of fun for authors, or, you know, writers who want to right. collaborate uh, to try using. The first is Google Docs. Uh -huh. where you have a single document that exists online and both of you have editing rights. And in fact, both of you can be editing at the same time. And fun things right. can happen. Uh, <laughs> worth experimenting. Yeah. And the second 
is Google Wave, which I have yet to see really used in a way that that makes it worthwhile. Mm -hmm. But you know what? It's entirely possible that the sorts of discussions you need to have about writing something collaboratively would best be had if you're going to write the discussions down in the Google Wave format. I think, I think it would be fun to experiment with that. I do not have Google Wave invites to give out. I've used it <laughs> twice and had nobody to wave at. So, all right. Alas, well, let's, let's end with, um, with a few just recap rules for you from, from the desk of Brandon Sanderson if you're going to collaborate. You have asked for this podcast. Let me give you three things that you need to do. Number one, Learn to do it by yourself first. Yeah, number one, right. don't. Yeah. don't. Don't don't collaborate because you're unconfident. Right. Collaborate because you know what you're doing and want to do it better. Yeah. I mean, even if... Oh, I lost my microphone. Ha, ha, ha. Hey, wow. Um, anyway, um, first, learn to do it. Even if you're planning, you're always going to collaborate together. Be practicing on your own at the same time. Mm -hmm. Number two... Lay some ground rules, all right? Beforehand, lay ground rules. And then number three, decide on the process. Ground rules mm -hmm. means who gets to say on what and this sort of thing. And then number three, decide on the process. How are you going to divide it up? How are you going to divide up royalties? I guess this all goes under ground rules. So let's do yeah. two rules. Um, the second <laughs> one being lots well, of ground rules. Ground rules of writing and ground yeah. rules of, you know, the extra writing stuff. Yeah. Yeah, that extra writing stuff. Extra writing in the sense of outside of. Yes, meta writing. No, extra yeah, writing no. in that you wrote a extra chapter writing and it sucks and I'm editing it out. Extra writing is adjective. in writing about gum. Yeah. <laughs> all right, I think we're done. Um, as we said at the beginning, we are all of us planning to collaborate in future projects. Tune in a year or two from now when we talk about how it actually worked. Yeah, Howard. talk about fulfilling promises to readers late. <laughs> okay. Or at least we're, you know, setting it up ahead of time. You've got our uh, writing prompt. I've got the writing prompt. Okay. Uh, I'm actually going to provide two writing prompts. Oh, writing prompt cheater. number one is for all those people out there who want to be collaborative writers and think it'll solve their problems. All on your own, write a story about two people collaborating in which things go horribly, horribly wrong. Okay. Okay. Writing prompt number two. This is for all of those writers who want to write comics and are saying, boy, I sure wish I could find somebody to draw this for me because they're looking for a collaboration. I'm going to tell you what I had to do and you go do it. Write your comic and then draw it your own dang self. <laughs> Amen. Take that, listeners. <laughs> this has been writing excuses. You're out of excuses. And if you make any, Howard will beat you up. Now go write and draw. Now. If you aren't familiar with Locus Magazine, they're a long-standing and respected website, magazine, archive, and resource for science fiction, fantasy, and horror. Basically, they're the industry magazine for our genre. They also run the annual Locus Awards, a top-tier award that recognizes new, diverse, and excellent voices in speculative fiction. They tell the storyteller's stories through author interviews, book reviews, curated reading lists, international industry news, obituaries, and more. Locus has meant a lot to me, both personally and professionally. In my career, I've been interviewed by them, and I've also turned to them as a source of understanding who is involved in the industry. Locus is holding their annual fundraising drive to keep their doors open, lights on, and future bright. 
I'll be contributing to their crowdfunding campaign by donating a cutscene, some original art, and a couple of other things like, do you want to do a one-on-one chat with me? So join me in supporting Locus.